It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We know the Indiana Pacers were interested in DeAndre Ayton at the trade deadline when DeMontis Sabonis was still on that team. He's no longer there, but is there something that could be worked out? We stay on the Ayton trade beat today. Aaron Edwards is here to give his thoughts on everything that has come out about this team since they lost. We'll dive into all of it on today's Locked On Suns. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past five seasons and a writer at Suns.com and Dime Magazine. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen today and every day. The offseason just getting started. Tons of reporting, even here just in week one. So obviously, do not go anywhere. If you're finding us on your favorite podcast platform, hit follow, hit subscribe. Have the feed, the pod show up in your feed every single day. If you're finding us on YouTube, a big thank you. Welcome to the channel. Hit subscribe. That's the best way to support the show. Leave a comment down below letting me know what you think about everything that has come out. I've, I've gotten your thoughts on eight, and I've gotten your thoughts on Kevin Durant. Just tell me what you're feeling about the Suns team as we head into the offseason right now. Um, Aaron Edwards is here. He is a writer at All Caps NBA or on the Take Line YouTube channel. Aaron, we had our sort of uh, therapy session last week after Game 7. We're kind of moving through all of this stuff. We've had some reporting that I've given my thoughts on regarding the Suns, whether that is a potential rift between Aiton and Monty or the idea that Kevin Durant might be on the move. Um, but let's start with the Aiton... The, the the status that he has here right now, because I think that's kind of at the center of all of this, is like, do both sides even want to make this work? And I think that was what I came away from that Bleacher Report story Come thinking about is like, okay, I mean, the only reason you could ever see Monty or James Jones or anybody here not wanting Aiton back, it's not about talent because they're not really going to replace him unless this KD thing is is actually legit. It's going to be about the relationship stuff. It's going to be about can he get better? Is he going to bring it every day and all that stuff? So do you think that there was something serious between the two of those guys? And do you think that that could actually uh, play a part in Aiton eventually leaving? Um, first, let me start. How weird is this, right? Like, it's bizarre. The last, the last two years, like we were just kind of just in the dumps. And now this offseason, we have... Jersey photoshops, team drama, and people actually care about it. It's like all so bizarre that we were just getting our ass kicked for 10 years and Booker was just having to put up 30 on bad teams. And now we're talking about like stuff that the Lakers used to deal with. Like it just seems really bizarre, like having to deal with good team stuff now and team drama and just having to hear like stuff that other teams had to deal with. The idea of like, what should the Suns do to continue to compete as a title contender is like an insane (laughs) question to start a podcast off with. 
Yes, it's just so weird that we're in this situation now. But to answer the question, I think that I don't think Aiton could have stopped cold turkey, like what he was, like what he still sort of is sometimes. So I think like, yeah, Monty probably had to be like, hey, play basketball, like do do what you're here for. Like I Aiton played hard this year and he played really well, but I still think like there was no way he was going to stop being what he is just automatically cold turkey just stop being just the kind of dude that disappears sometimes i just think we're we were asking him to kind of float upstream every once in a while and you have to kind of stay on a dude like that so i can imagine that monty would probably have to stay on eight and to just be out there and have his head in the game every once in a while i mean the thing that i come down on with it is like to me Aiton or i'm sorry monty was like Kind of first and foremost, like we were all surprised by the X's and O's stuff that he was able to do. That was kind of thought to be like his weakness as a coach when he first got here. He was brought in to build a culture, to hold people accountable, to just set expectations for the young guys and just grow their game over time. It, it makes perfect sense that that guy would have a problem with the way that Aiton is sometimes, um, you know, like... It's 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 not a shocker that he would be the guy most frustrated by that, even more than James Jones or even the players on the team. Like you can tell, Mikhail loves Aiton. Like I think that they have a great yeah. relationship. I think, you know, Book. I don't I don't have a great feel for it. Some of the stuff he said after Game Seven was a little weird. I think James Jones came out and said, you know, we, he he met our expectations. Like we are happy with where DA is as a player. I, I It feels like it's very like very believable to me that it could be a Monty thing. But I also feel like if you're giving a guy that much money and committing to him for four or five seasons, then, I mean, I think at this point, the five-year thing is kind of out. I, I, don't, I don't think they're doing that. So <laughs> the four-year idea of like, they're just going to, they're either going to match, they're either going to match an offer that he goes and gets, or they're going to trade him. I feel like is, is where we are. Um, to me, it's like has to be a, a pretty understandable red flag if you don't know if that guy's gonna get better and keep putting the work in, and he's gonna fade away sometimes. Like, I mean, I don't know. Not a lot of us in our jobs would get paid a big old raise <laughs> if we were gonna like start to slack off the next day. I don't know. I think it's I think it's a reasonable concern, even if the talent is there and they've been winning with with him still. Yeah, I think CB three showing up. It's the only reason we're having this conversation. I think if he doesn't show up, he Aiton doesn't turn into this at least somewhat consistent basketball player. I think that he just becomes a dude that jumps around the league a lot <laughs> because he doesn't get the playoff um, notoriety and nobody gets to see him hoop in the playoffs and how he's able to kind of change games sometimes. So I think without Chris Paul and without just like the winning that came with bringing Chris Paul to the team. Aiden is pretty much Nerland's Noel career. Like I really just think that he doesn't make the jump because he still has a tough time catching the ball. Sometimes he got a lot better, but it was abysmal for a really long time. And I just think that he really doesn't make that jump until and somewhat like all-star really good big man until Chris Paul gets here. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation. So I think, him thinking that he can get five years from us is just wild considering we probably would have let him go if Chris Paul never came. So two things on that. One is I think that you're 
you're touching on something that I, I don't feel like fans necessarily get all the time. And I think I agree with you because there's a lot of people every time that I cast doubt on, on Aiton as a player, like, you know, I think there's part of me that feels like he's already kind of reached his prime. And whenever I get, not his prime, his, his ceiling. And whenever I say something like that, I mean, I don't think he can't get better, but I feel like we would have seen it by now if he was really going to take that next jump. And people always will come back and say like, okay, well that season, either his rookie year or even the year where he got suspended with Rubio, he was producing more and he was still efficient and this and that. And I'm like, if you think that's the way that the Suns are going to continue to win, the way that Aiton was running, was getting his points and, and production at that point, like, I don't know what to tell you that those things don't go together. There's a reason that he was able to get those opportunities. It's because there was no better option. And if there's no yeah. better option, your team's probably not that good, which is why they lost a bunch of games. Like, I, I don't think we've seen the skill stuff there to really believe that he can get to that next level. Um, the other part of me, though, the other part of what you said that's interesting to me, though, is, and this is something I've been talking about on Twitter with a few people, is the five-year max idea, like, the only reason that you don't, if you're Aiton and his agents, that you don't sign a four-year max last year, which is what the Suns say they offered, although his agents say that they didn't, so who, <laughs> <Yeah>. who knows, <laughs> is if you think you're still going to get the four-year max this summer. Do you buy the idea that there actually are teams who will give him that four years this summer? Because everything we've heard between, like, I know Woj came out and said right away that there were teams, and then Jake Fisher and that Bleacher Report thing said the same thing, but, like, those lists have just been, like, the teams with cap space. We're not hearing, like, concrete, this team is so out of their minds in love with Aiton, and they're going to go give him an offer right away. I know we're early on still, but do you think there really will be that, or do you think that there's another opportunity option here where it's like the Suns actually get him on less than a max somehow after all this um I think Dallas does it tomorrow I think like I think there are a couple teams that will give him the four years that he wants I'm not sure about the money that he wants but I can see like teams like the Magic or the Blazers or like there are just a couple teams out there that will give Aiton those years that he needs and the Mavs are kind of just at the top of the list they're getting killed on the boards and he wouldn't have to do all of the work on the boards like he has to do with us because it does make him look so bad when Mikel and uh, Crowder just aren't helping him on the board. So I think like he would just have the help that he needs and Dallas doesn't have a big and they would just make that deal in a second. So I really think that the Suns are going to have to either match an offer from potentially them or a lot of other people because there are so many people from what I'm saying that, really think that they have a shot at him. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's interesting that I I do think I lean toward what you're saying. You know, there's some teams like Dallas that would have to clear out a little bit of money. There's some teams that already have the money. Whatever it is, though, what's weird about this season and this free agency is a lot of the teams who are going to have space also need a center. Like, yeah. <laughs> it lined up that way, you know, by the grace of God for DA and his team because, like, you know, if, if it was – Various seasons in the past, it's like, you know, the, the the Sixers having cap space wouldn't have done them a lot of good. The, <laughs> the, the Wolves having cap space wouldn't have done them a lot of good. And now it's like, you know, five, six teams that have money and have nothing at that five spot. 
that actually opens up a possibility for him to go there. It's not going to be a winning team, most likely, unless it is a group like Dallas or Atlanta or something, but the money will be there. I, I really do believe that there will be at least one team who can just give him the four-year max and force the Suns to make a decision on it. Let's move forward, though. I want to go back to what you said about how crazy this stuff is because that's where my mind keeps going when it comes to the KD of it all. Um, I just, like, I did a whole podcast yesterday about it because I'm like, I buy it enough that I have to talk about it, but I I don't even, I'm like, it feels like I was floating up here in the room watching myself do the podcast because it doesn't feel like a legit thing that's going on. So uh, let's, let's let's just sit in that. That craziness for a little bit. First, so guys, today's show brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet, and it tastes just like a candy bar. That's really the bottom line. Built granola bars are back. They actually just launched. You might have heard me talking about them just a couple weeks ago, but they went out of sock uh, that quickly. They're back though, and there are more flavors than before. Three to be exact: chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three, you can get a mixed box, which is usually what I'll do uh, for any of them that I order because I like so many flavors. You can mix and match that way. They're different, though, from bars, regular Built Bars, or Built Puffs. Built Granola Bars are loaded with granola, making it the perfect combination of crunch and chew. But just like bars and puffs, these ones are also packed with protein and covered in 100% chocolate. That's, I mean... That should be obvious by now. You've never heard me talk about a single Bilt Bar that doesn't have all of that good stuff. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Um, Also, I mean, for Arizona purposes, they don't melt as easily. That's a nice bonus. Sometimes you bring the chocolatey ones. Unless you're going straight inside, you do have to worry about that. So Built Granola can be that little extra... um, bonus for those of us who live here in the valley so if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar rather than the sugary crap that's usually on the grocery store shelves this is your time head to built.com right now to get the built granola bars three delicious flavors to try do not miss out go to built.com and when you make your purchase use the code lock 15 to get 15 percent off your order that's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right aaron so I did a show about Kevin Durant yesterday just to remind folks who maybe missed that show, although I go into much more depth on this whole thing in that one, so I would definitely recommend going back if you did miss it. But the bottom line is Kyrie Irving uh, is not somebody that the Nets have any interest in giving a big, long extension to. And the other big, big sort of news from the piece at the New York Daily News was that Katie has not talked to Brooklyn since the end of the season, which in our, uh, you know whatever we want to call diva NBA star phase that we're in. That's, that's, that's the textbook first step on this stuff is you stop talking to your team. So like you said, it's pretty insane. So what do you, how seriously are you taking it? Let me start there. How seriously are you actually taking this? I mean, I've made fun of too many like Knicks fans and like Laker fans to like go full head on into it. But you got to listen now. Like he's talked about how much he likes Booker so much and how cool he is with Chris Paul and like how close he and Monty are. And yeah, like he put this team together and he, he was in contact with them the second he got there and the second he was even kind of deciding to leave the Warriors. So he's in with the front office. He's like, knows those people. He's cool with them. So the fact that he's freezing them out isn't nothing. (laughs) So it just seems really like it would be irresponsible for James Jones not to send the send the flag out, like to just check 
to see what's going on. And yeah, it's hard not to get excited about it. Like, I don't really care what we would have to give up at that point, to be honest. But it really does, like, it, it seems hard not to kind of perk your ears up at it with just how the NBA goes. It's really the first step in what these, what happens with these things. Yeah. I want to talk about that, how the NBA goes part of it. Um, it was hilarious to me though, because in the comments of that show, which, you know, predictably a lot of people listen to and were watching on YouTube because it's exciting, <laughs> but a lot of people were in, in the comments going, I, I liked everything you said, but not giving up cam. <laughs> Can't give up Cam Johnson. Gotta keep Cam. Gotta have shooters around KD. I'm like, guys, like, you know, it's Kevin Durant. At this point, we're talking about how many first round picks do you want to give up? I feel like, I feel like Mikael Bridges actually would be somebody that I would, I would try pretty hard to not get rid of with something like that. But everybody else, I mean, you're not getting rid of Book. You're not getting rid of. Uh, actually, that might be it because I actually do think there's a part of yeah. it where you could do a Chris Paul thing here too. I don't think that's where this would go. I don't think the Nets would have much interest in that. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's really like it's book, and then to me, I would put Bridges there, and that's that's probably my untouchable list on this entire roster. Like Cam Johnson is not going to be the difference between <laughs> between doing it and not doing it. Does it? I mean, like the idea though, in general, at the bottom of this is. If it's, again, we don't really know anything on the Sun side, and we won't. Like, this thing will drop, and it'll be Woj reporting it, and we will have never heard a single thing from the Sun side, because that's how all this stuff happens with the Suns. But does, like, the idea of that, though, is, like, the team's going to get way older. Do you, do you, are you okay with, you know, if it is Aiton and, and Cam or something like that, your, your team is, like, it's even more, we already felt like this was pretty all-in for a, a short window here. And that would be even like doubling down on the next couple of seasons. Is that comfortable for you as a, I mean, we don't want this to just be a two-year blip, but you also, it's Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'm down for a two-year blip if it means a championship. (laughs) I'm sorry, like, I'm a Colts fan. So like, I, I had one of the best teams of like the decade and we had one Super Bowl to show for it. And I'm fine with that personally. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I have no any interest in seeming like a Patriots fan or how good they had it. I'm fine with my one that I got to watch with my own eyes. And in this scenario, I would be fine with the one I got to watch with my own eyes. Like, sometimes you just have to have a lot of darkness after. (laughs) And the Warriors kind of did it the opposite. They have like a generational like core and we didn't have that. We had to kind of put it together like on our own. And they also got younger at the same time because they had the down year when they kind of just had a wash. They were like, this one's down. Like, we're just going to build through the draft and see what we come up with. And we don't have that. Like, we don't have the chance to do that. So I really just think if this is what you got to do to get your one and you're down to live with it, then do it. I mean, it's kind of you were talking about the Lakers a second ago. And we'll get to the the DeAndre and Pacers thing, too, because I think that's still worth considering. Um, at the end of the show, but you talked about the Lakers. Like, I think the big story coming out of that, which is like going down in a in a blaze of I don't even know if I want to say glory, but it's like <laughs> they got a title. 
You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they they signed LeBron and dealt with everything that came with that. They've gone through how many coaches? They traded their whole entire young core for Anthony Davis and whatever. I mean, they got a championship out of it. I I, I agree with you, especially when you're the Suns. Like you can't afford to be uh, beggars can't be choosers, right? It's like you <laughs> you're gonna really say no. We we'll, we want a championship, but not that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not. I, I agree with you. I, I think you you do whatever to get it done if it actually becomes real. The last thing I want to ask you though, when it comes to the Lakers, when it comes to this situation, um, I mean, this has been a topic of conversation for a while in the NBA. It hasn't really affected the Suns much until now. Do you like the NBA being this way? Like, we have this cool story for two seasons and then we're just, like, plunged into the insanity because that's just what it means to be, like, an elite NBA team right now is you've got to deal with all this stuff. Do you like that about the league? Is it is it more fun to you? Is it less fun? Do you not care? Um, I don't mind the theater of it. I like how, well, I can't say quiet football is because it's mostly just a lot of people getting arrested. But I, But I really, like the theater is fine. Like we always, we get paid to keep talking about it. Like if it was just as boring as football, we'd be grasping at thra- uh, straws and not really having much to talk about. So for like with that, like I like just having something to do during the off season. And, <laughs> it's much better than and, how big of a thing the NFL combine is like the NBA combine <laughs> comes and goes and like the draft nerds pay attention to it. And they tell yeah. us what we need to know. And the NFL Combine is like a content mill for like a month because there's nothing else going on. So I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So like I like just having just around the clock NBA stuff because they give us this access. Like they're online. They're out here. Like they're out in the streets. They're being dramatic. They're sending sub tweets to their teams. Like all of that is really fun. <laughs> and it gets us going on who we can get out of this drama if somebody's unhappy. So I just think it makes fan bases like it gives us more fun to with the game. But at the same time, I do like the other end with football where it's just like spring training. Everybody's got a shot. This is going to be fun. And when it comes to basketball, it's just you just want a fun season and a fun team to watch. But with football, it's quiet. And then it's every Sunday you're lined up in front and you're just hoping your team is the one that comes out. I think the thing for me is it it would have been cool to watch this team if they were able to get the job done this year to win one in a mostly homegrown way. I mean, I obviously know Chris Paul is a big part of that that wasn't homegrown, but every other component would have been, and that that would have been cool, especially in this era where it, it hasn't happened that way very often. But I also feel like, if you want to be a great NBA team right now, it's kind of just the cost of doing business. Like you can't choose not to engage with this stuff. And I guess my parting thought and something I didn't hammer home enough, I think on, uh, on Thursday's episode about the KD stuff in depth was outside of maybe Miami, because they're always flexible and they tend to pull a rabbit out of the hat when we're not expecting it. There's not a lot of teams right now that are flexible in terms of having young talent and salaries to trade that are also like genuine title contenders. That's not really a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Dallas, but like, I don't, that's a weird fit. If I'm Kevin Durant to go play with somebody like one of the only guys in the league who can say that they are better than me, that's not a very (laughs) attractive thing to go do in a, in a city that's 
not very glamorous. Not that Phoenix is super glamorous, but it's closer <laughs> to LA and it's, it's nicer here. So I just think that's another, like you have to factor that in. And if the Suns are going to play ball with this stuff, which they obviously are, they did it with Chris Paul, then they get elevated to that level that I don't think many other teams are really going to be on when KD looks and looks around if he ends up doing that. So Again, it's I don't know why I've said Kevin Durant on this ep- on this uh, podcast way more times than I would have expected this week. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. It feels like an insane. Like we'll, we'll we will look so stupid if KD just like plays out the next four years in Brooklyn, and we'll just look back on this week and be like we were all drunk. But still, uh, we got to talk about it. We also have to continue to talk about other DA options. So we'll do that after a quick break. First, though, guys, today's show is brought to you by Locked On NBA Big Board. Uh, As the NBA draft rolls around, I know I was just making fun of the combine, but the bottom line is somebody has to pay attention to it. And Rafael Barlow, he was there. He's also, he lives overseas. So there's nobody out there that is more in person watching this stuff, scouting this stuff. He has the newsletter where he does video content, written content, scouting reports, mock drafts, all that good stuff. And then on the podcast, he breaks it down for you, and he brings on guests every week. He, uh, what it, he's interviewed players, he's interviewed coaches. Like it is your one-stop shop for NBA draft info. So as we roll toward draft day, whether the Suns have a pick or not, this stuff matters. Be, make sure you're listening to Locked On NBA Big Board. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So we were texting before any of this KD insanity came up, Aaron, and uh, I mean, some fans I feel like were, were already thinking about it. I, I hadn't been taking it seriously, so I was still, you know, at the bottom of the barrel scratching for trades. I did a, tr- I, I, a podcast the other day where I was like, here's the best possible Aiton trade that I think makes sense, and it was like Capella and a pick, and now that looks silly <laughs> if, if this bigger stuff's on the table, but... We don't know much about that net situation enough to like treat it as the number one thing. So there's other options on the table that I think are interesting. And one of the ones you brought up is Miles Turner. So we knew Sabonis for Aiton, multiple people have said, whether yeah. that's like Gambo here locally or Zach Lowe nationally, whatever, who, who say that that's pretty real. I know the Locked On Pacers host on our network had that too on his show at the time. We talked about it a little bit. That works straight up. Like yeah. <laughs> Aiton on Aiton on a sign and trade for Miles Turner because they're a below the cap team. That just that trade just works. So I'm sure there would have to be probably more. Let, let me ask you, what do you think? It, is is that a trade that's fair straight up? What else would have to be added, and what do you think Miles would look like in Phoenix? I think it would work straight up, um, especially if it's just about the money at that point. Like, it's just the perfect thing because I know the Pacers would probably pay Aiton the money that he wants. And we'd know that we're getting a decent big. We'd have to know that. I, I think we'd have to know that we're making another move or something because I just really think it just sits us exactly where we were. Honestly, like, it'll be uh, more, like, um, not useful, but 
he runs better. Like I really think, well, Aiden runs hard, but I just think in our offense wise, it would just give us a lot more options. I think he'd get on the train defensively. And I just think his shooting, like willingness even is spreads the floor a lot better. And it just wouldn't cram the paint as much as it has. Cause I just think like Chris Paul hasn't been able to get to his spots we've seen toward the end. And I just think the paint was just kind of spread out and we just have to hope that Mikael Bridges makes the jump to where he can kind of put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. And I just think as a big that can spread the floor, it just makes our offense run a lot smoother. Yeah. Turner's taken four over four a game for the past three seasons. He's a career 35% three point shooter. That's always been a part of his game and a way that it never was for Aiton. Um, I did a big dive on the stats side of things comparing Aiton, Capella, and Turner um, because I feel like those are probably the two other big men who the Suns could maybe get back directly in a trade that would allow them to replace Aiton in in the trade rather than having to sign somebody else. And so one thing that's weird is any advanced stats stuff you look at, like I have uh, access to the B-Ball Index guys stuff, which is... Honestly, I don't really understand how they get the ratings a lot of the time, but they're, they like go through and they classify like actual skill sets and they give players a rating rather than just having it be like a number that they throw out. It's like, what's their rim roll rating? And then they give you a number and you can compare it. So, you know, it's objective. It's them like trying to do some math and grading it out, but it's at least something to look at, especially for players you don't know very well. So the, those types of numbers, in addition to just like defensive, um, like on off on defensive rating or different stuff like that, none of that stuff likes Aiton. It never has, and <laughs> and that makes it hard to grade because I think anyone like all of us listening, you and I talking right now, we know Aiton's better than those numbers show, yeah. but it's also just makes it hard when you're comparing. So those numbers say Turner's just straight up a better defender than Aiton. I don't think that necessarily. I think he might be slightly better at what he does well. I don't think you're getting the versatility that Aiton has. That would make me nervous. Like, is Miles Turner going to guard Giannis in a final series? I I don't know if that's what is best for him. Now, you can get that elsewhere, but, like, that's a big change. Yeah. Um, but on the positive side of things, I was surprised to see, even before the coaching switch, um, when Carlisle took over, so basically the – Last season and this season, you had uh, the, the team making more of an effort to make Turner like a rim roller, like actually getting downhill, finishing lobs, getting to the basket, and that type of stuff. Um, I'm looking now at his, at his shot distance. So per, the, uh, it, it's gone up a little bit, like three percentage points from the, like his, the, the playoff years when they were competing every year to the past couple seasons. He's gone up just a bit, but that that would be good on the Sun side. I just think, to me, the the two biggest concerns are, aside from all of that role stuff, which I do agree with you, like that could be sorted out. One, he's injured a lot. That so that's was my a, biggest thing. That's yeah. a risky <laughs> thing. And two, I think that, like, I don't know Indiana very well, but like there's been a question about his level of engagement too. So if you're bringing a guy in who doesn't fully buy in, some of that might have been playing with Sabonis, but injury and, you know, comes and goes with his his focus, it's like, you know, some of that's the same thing that Aiton struggles with, plus now you have this injury thing. I, that would, I don't think there's a perfect answer, but those would be my two reservations about Turner. Yeah, I think that Turner, 
being stuck in Indiana is probably part of it. I just think a change of scenery changes a lot of people sometimes. And I think going into a situation where the playoffs is a real possibility, he hasn't been there in a while. Yeah. And I think like since the bubble even. So I just think that having even the possibility of making a playoff run or deep slash like finals run, I just think you come in with a different level of intensity that you probably have since. I just think he went into some of those seasons knowing that he was on the Pacers <laughs> kind of. and Yeah. And that he did, and, he was playing out of position basically. And it didn't work <laughs> like all the stuff we knew. I'm sure he knew. Yeah. So I just think maybe the change of scenery and the injury thing was always just going to be the bigger thing for me. He's missed a lot of games and a lot of the stuff that Aiton missed for were just light kind of just bumps and bruise kind of things, but it was never really a serious injury. So that would probably be like my biggest hangover. Yeah, the Pacers haven't won a playoff game since 2018. <laughs> they were in in 2019 and in the bubble, but they got swept both times. That's rough. Um, <laughs> you think they can get Jalen Smith back in the deal too? Or <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like talking about that draft. We can just act like it never happened now. It's we hilarious to me that, uh, that Sticks and, and Tyrese Halliburton are on the same team now. It's just like poetic justice that we all have to be reminded every time we look at the Pacers roster that 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 screw up was uh, was front and center. I mean, Aiton going to Dallas would be probably <laughs> yeah, that's one hundred times as bad as that. Well, it's hilarious because like two of the possible teams are Dallas and Atlanta, which yeah. are just I mean the Atlanta thing like the Suns were never going to take Trey Young even no. at five. It was kind of a surprise, like almost like a reach in that draft, but. It would just be funny. The The last thing I'll say on this one is I do think, well, it's hard because like the Pacers aren't in any jeopardy of, of going to the luxury tax. So it's not like they're really worried about money, but also like they're, they don't spend money. So <laughs> yeah. upgrading that 13 or whatever million dollars next season and the commitment of like all those seasons after it the difference from Turner to Aiton in their sort of cap sheet and whatever, um, that that could make me feel like they would want the Suns to give something. But also the Suns are doing them the favor by saying we're not going to match this contract. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, it, maybe it just would be straight up. Maybe the Suns would say, hey, Miles Turner's never produced anywhere near the level that Aiton has in the playoffs, so you got to give us something. I don't really know what that would be. The Pacers don't have a lot of stuff. That's appealing to me. I know people have said Chris Duarte. They're not giving that guy up. He just made an all-rookie team, and he's a rookie. Like that, I, I don't see them doing that. So I don't know. I think it's one to keep an eye on. We know the Pacers seem to like DeAndre Ayton. I think that Rick Carlisle tends to be a guy who is liked to have a big man, like a real big man, and this year is the last year on, on Turner's contract. So it, it's, it's definitely on my mind. I, I don't know how much... I love it, but it's there. Um, is this is so? Is is this the one you like the most of all the non KD non craziness options? Yeah, the games I've seen with Miles Turner have just been like he just does stuff. You're like, oh, I didn't know he can do that, and it's just like, oh, I didn't know he can do that too. And it's just a game of those. Like he'll he'll do a crossover and pull up from mid range, and you'll be like, whoa, like wow, I didn't know he can pull that off. And I just think having a player like that, like. We need somebody, like, I don't necessarily want it to be a big, but just people that can put the ball on the floor and get fouled or get to the rim or make a move. Like, 
we just don't have any. And we found out in really embarrassing fashion that we didn't have any. So I just think anybody that can handle the ball and get a bucket is just needed. Yeah. I get you. That is, uh, he's he's only twenty six too, so that that's a bonus. Like he's he's not Capella, who's I think twenty eight, going on twenty nine, or he's <laughs> yeah. not you know Javale <laughs> McGee if they went that route next season as their starter. Like he he maintains that flexibility, that that ability to keep getting better. He you know he will be a free agent, so you could move on. Like that flexibility is still there. He's young, he could be traded again, etc. So. I think it's interesting. I would prefer Kevin Durant personally. Um, I don't know about you, but that'll do it for us today, guys. He is Aaron Edwards. He's a writer at All Caps NBA. Go watch that show. Go subscribe to the Tick Line YouTube channel. Aaron's with us every week, but uh, give him some love over there as well. That'll do it for the week. I'll be back Monday. We'll see if anything else crazy happens. I might give you some more thoughts on whatever happens in this Dallas Golden State thing because I. Uh, I actually think it's important for the Suns. I think like who they have to beat and what they need to look like does matter. And these conference finals have been really weird. So we might go that direction. We might bring guests on. Who knows? This offseason's already shown us can't, uh, can't uh, plan more than one day ahead at a time. That's it for today's Locked On Suns. Now go make Locked On NBA your second listen to catch up on everything else going on around the league. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.